Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living.
I love that song. Thank you, that was so beautiful. Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills, and welcome everyone. I'm Jody Manastra. Hopefully I'm holding the mic the correct way today. Okay. I'm the platform assistant, and I'll be sharing the announcements and special events with you. Special greetings to our YouTube viewers, and if you are a first-time visitor here, please receive a welcome packet from the usher as you leave the sanctuary. Please join us after service in the social hall for great conversation and fellowship with one another. You can also enjoy refreshments and the best tasty treats lovingly provided by our fabulous hospitality team. And I just have two things to say. One, it is National Pumpkin Spice Day, and we will be celebrating that. But if it's not your thing, I've got you covered in another area. And I want to thank my husband, who stepped up today to help downstairs while the majority of our hospitality team is away. Thank you, Chuck. He's a natural. The Veterans Peer Support Group will meet today at 12 noon downstairs in room 9, and all veterans are welcome. Next Sunday, October 8th, is Giving Sunday. This is our opportunity to further express our financial commitment to UFH. It's the perfect time to catch up on your tithes, share your love through additional giving, or donate additionally to our capital campaign. The women's group will meet next Sunday, October 8th at 1130 in room 2. Our guest speaker is Laura Compton, and she will talk about doTERRA essential oils. Come learn how to use and combine these essential oils for healing and health. All women are welcome to participate. As our growth affirmation states, we give thanks for our expanding congregation. So please join us for our new member service on Sunday, October 22nd at 10 a.m. To become a UFH member, go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, fill out the membership form, and click Submit. It's that easy. You are welcome here. Come support and celebrate our new members. Our annual Trunk or Treat is on Saturday, October 28th here in the parking lot. Specific details will be announced next Sunday, or you can see the newsletter that is emailed this coming Friday. You can see all those cute kids. It's lots of fun. Please help support the annual Children's Church Thanksgiving Food Drive beginning Sunday, October 29th through Wednesday, November 17th. Please bring boxes for packing, as well as donated cans of vegetables, potatoes, stuffing, other dry foods, diapers, formulas, etc. Our youth will be creating Thanksgiving cards, tape the boxes, and help sort and transport these boxes for distribution to families within our community. Our UFH member, Carl Schluter, will present a two-session class entitled Love, Flow, Direction. Part one is on Sunday, October 29th from 11.30 to 12.30 in the social hall, and Carl will cover background from his book, To Soul, The Unseen Stuff of Life, and examine the definition, characteristics, and symptoms of an outside-in love flow direction. This class will be available on Zoom. Love donation is suggested. Part two will pre be presented in November on the 12th. Reverend Victoria Hart is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to allow for a quiet space for prayer. To stay abreast of all our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that is emailed every Friday. And now, as our music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for our spiritual communion.
Well, good morning, everyone. I missed you all last week, but Steve held it down, and so did the rest of you. Thank you, Sharon, for doing a platform assistant, and all of you who uh, assisted with making next, last week go beautifully. I listened in, and I was so proud. <laughs> so since the beginning of this year, we've been doing spiritual communion. We've been activating each um, of the 12 powers that represent each one of the months. And for October, the month is zeal. And the disciple that represents zeal is Simon the Zealot. The power of zeal is our ability to be enthusiastic, to be passionate, to initiate and start, and also to motivate. And so today we're going to go ahead and go into our spiritual communion, and we'll activate those parts of our spiritual faculties and bring ourselves into a deeper awareness of that power. And so I invite you to just take a deep breath while I just open us up in prayer. I just feel led to open in prayer first. So gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. Bring your consciousness down into your heart center in the center of your chest. Let your mind open up. Let your heart be filled with love and oneness. As we acknowledge that one power, that one presence, that one activity that is active in our lives and in the universe, we bless this communion, this spiritual communion. And we thank you, God, for being that power and that activity that will wake up our power of zeal as we acknowledge Jesus' presence in our life, what he meant by saying that he was the, by his body and his blood, were sacred to us. So we thank you, God. Amen. And so now I will begin, and then it is a call and response, so you guys will say your part after I say my part. The Lord's Supper has a place in the Church of Christ. Our church observes it in spirit. It is the spirit that gives life and understanding. Symbols are useful to the extent that they serve to point us to the realities for which they stand. When understanding and realization of truth are attained, the symbols are no longer necessary. Of what is the Lord's Supper a symbol? Bread represents the substance of spirit, the body of Christ. Wine represents the life of spirit, the blood of Christ. How are we transformed by the blood of Jesus? By accepting the life of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is his life. He came to bring. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. How, do, how did Jesus say that we should worship God? Let me say that again, that last part. The Lord's Supper is a form of spiritual worship and must be spiritually understood. 
That is why we're doing this, to go into a deeper understanding of this. How may we discern the Lord's body? How do we eat of his body and drink his blood? How may we prepare ourselves for communion with our Lord? Now let's stop and bring that in. I'm going to say it again and let and close your eyes and receive it. My heart is right with God. My mind is lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Breathe that in. Let your mind be aligned with God, lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit. And let your heart feel that oneness with God. Breathe it in deeply and exhale deeply. And now let us affirm our affirmation to quicken our ability, our zeal. Together. My ability to be enthusiastic and passionate and to start and motivate is aligned with Christ. Say that again. My ability to be enthusiastic and passionate and to start and motivate is aligned with Christ. Feel that deeply inside of you. Tazil is in the amygdala, in the back of the head, right where it connects to the spine. Feel that activity stirring up in the back of your head right there as you breathe in deeply, that you are enlightened, enlivened, and activated in spirit and enthusiasm, in your ability to start, initiate, and motivate. Breathe in deeply. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Let's say this next part softly. I now partake of spiritual substance as I meditate within my heart and mind upon these words of Christ. Stop and meditate on it. That God gave his body through Jesus for us. That we may be ignited in our bodies by following Jesus' example. And now let's go ahead and softly affirm the rest of it. I now realize that the Christ body is being formed in my consciousness. I am radiant living substance. Every cell of my body is alive and aright with the glory of God. 
I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. Say that two more times. I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. Now put your hand over your heart. Visualize your amygdala, that part in the back of your neck connected to your head, being revitalized as you say this again. I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. And he took a cup, and when he gave, had given thanks, he gave to them. And they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Let's say this next part softly. I now drink of the life of Christ as I meditate on spirit and the truth of his works within my heart and mind. Now sit in that. Meditate on what God has done, what Christ in you has done through truth. Activating your heart and mind for the spiritual activity that is working in you now. And breathe in deeply. And exhale deeply. And now let us affirm the rest of this. I feel the creative power of life more abundantly. I am the Christ, one with the living God. I am that I am. Say that two more times. I am that I am. One more time and feel it deeply. I am that I am. And let's go ahead and breathe that in deeply. I am that I am. That am, that I am, that is God. I am that. Trust it. Feel it and believe it. It is one with you. When you were conceived in the mind of God, the I am was activated within that consciousness and woven deeply within your human realm as you were conceived in your mother's womb. And now let us go ahead and close out this holy spiritual communion together. We consecrate ourselves through recognizing our purpose to bear witness to the truth only, to speak truth, to hear truth, and to see truth to the best of our understanding and ability. In this way, we can only do the healing work of the Christ dwelling in us. We're going to say this, thank you, God, three times. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I'm going to say, and so it is. Amen.
Give him give another hand. Woo! Bad is banned in unity. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, my husband says, uh, sad dog doesn't wag his tail or something like that. You ever heard that? It is, I don't know. How do you say that, Howard? I'm going to put him on. You never heard. What do you say? <laughs> what, what do you say? Oh, it's a sad dog that can't wag his own tail. So I'm bragging about our music team. Amen? I always get it wrong. I call it Kellyisms. <laughs> they are. They're bad mamajamas. They sure are. Oh, my goodness. I love that song. That was so perfect for today, too, <clears throat> for today's talk title and for today. <clears throat> so we have started a, a study on the book of Revelation, and I'm kind of enjoying getting into it and diving into understanding what this means because this has been a book that's been scary for some people. As a matter of fact, some uh, congress, there was a what do I want to say? Survey done. That's the word I'm looking for. And it was said that a lot of members of churches have wanted to learn most what Revelation means, and a lot of ministers have not wanted to teach it the most. And so I wanted to dive into this, and, and, and let's study and research this, and, and let's go in and examine it, but not just based off of what happened 2,000 years ago, because this Revelation, this vision that came to John, who was one of Jesus' gospel, wasn't just pertinent for years ago, important to over 2,000 years ago. It is just as important right now, right in this day, as it was back then. The title of my talk today is, Revel is Ephesus, Return to Your First Love. I'm listening. My, um, my father, when he was in the Marines, he was in Vietnam. And when he was in the, over there in the jungles in Vietnam, he stepped on a, line, a landmine, and it blew him 70 feet in the air and shattered a hole in his ankle. Now, others have stepped on it and got shattered to pieces, but my father was not. He was blown 70 feet, with a, and they, when they went to um, treat him, they said that he would never walk again without a cane or crutches. Well, he's, he has proven them wrong. One of the things that really was important to me about that is that that was the year he met my mother just as she was graduating from high school, and he married her. And they were married for 38 years until she passed away. And I said, I always say to my father that I truly believe you were saved so that you could be um, Mary Mama and have the five of us. And as I watched that marriage, as I watched them and watched their love, it was so wonderful to see this deep abiding love they had inside of them. And then also they let us in on, like sometimes they'd get upset at each other or argue with each other, and they'd still learn to treat. My, uh, my dad used to storm out of the driveway sometimes, he'd yell, but as he kept learning more and more about himself, he started getting better with handling that. And he told us that he could tell when my mother was mad at him because she used to write him letters. And the tinier the writing, the more angry he was with her. So she, he's sitting there trying to read a 10-page letter from my mother with a magnifying glass because she wrote so tiny. One of the things my mother told me was that when you're married, and my dad said the same thing, it is not always an in-love feeling. 
You have to choose it every single day, every single minute of the day. And my mom said, you don't always stay in that in love feeling all the time, uh, even after the years go by. But when you get into a, a deeper experience of yourself, expression of yourself, somehow it reignites itself and you go deeper. Not only do you return to that first love that you had, you go deeper. And this is important for today's message because that's what Jesus is telling the church in Ephesus, that they have to return to love, that they've lost that love and feeling. And that's what went in my mind, that song was going through my mind as I was studying this. And so we're going to go into this. I'm going to read this letter, this message from Jesus. And actually, literally, it says it's a message from Jesus to God. But when you read the first scripture in the book of Revelation, it says this is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that, soon, that must soon take place. So the true message did not come through Jesus. The true message came from God to Jesus to John. There's a level of a hierarchy of spirit that brings it down into an awareness that we can understand. Because if God spoke to us through God's frequency, you'd vanish. Because it's too, it's too strong for us. So this message is, Jesus is giving this message, this vision that, that John received was from Jesus as God's, as God's messenger, but the real me message came from God. And I want us to know that deeply, the real message, the true message, because Jesus always told us, I am the truth, the way, and the light, or the way, the truth, and the light. The way is following the truth into the life and the light of God. So let's begin with this. This is Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Jesus is speaking to John. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lamps stands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and, I, and your, patient, your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You, are, you have discovered they are liars. He goes on to say, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Now this book, remember this book, this, this revelation was written for those who are following Jesus to help motivate them and inspire them to keep going no matter what. But I have this complaint. Now, first, he's telling them all these things that he's commending about them. He's, it's a commendation. He's commending them for these things. He's uh, approving their behaviors, the, the things that they're doing. And there's a couple of things here he sees he's approving. Number one, he's approving the, what, their behavior, that they are patiently enduring, that they are... They don't tolerate evil people, that they have also called out those who are false apostles. In that is the behavior and the belief. 
So he's, he's commending them for their behavior of following Jesus and their belief in that which Jesus came to teach. But then he goes on in verse 4. And my, wait, let me go a little deeper. Imagine that a message came to you. Imagine that I was up because where it says the angel, the message was written for the angel. This is written in a language that they could understand. It's actually the leader of the church, the elder of the church that would get up and read the letter to the church. Imagine if I came and you knew I was, uh, uh, well, let's not even use me. Let's go back and, and, and pretend that you are in a church in Ephesus. You knew John. He was your head. He was the head of the churches there before he was uh, exiled to the, the island of Pat Patmos. And back in the day, Paul and others would send letters around, and the elders would read these letters before the church. And gently close your eyes and just imagine that you were part of a church back in that day, and a messenger comes and says, this message is from Jesus. And you're sitting there listening to this message, and Jesus is commending you for all these things in your behavior that you are doing right, which means in alignment with what he taught and with his life. This is Jesus telling you that. And now look at your life right now in the areas where you feel that your behavior and your belief is aligned up with what you believe and understand that Jesus came to teach. And Jesus is right now before you. Through his message, you are hearing Jesus telling you. Now, this is deep. The spirit of Jesus is talking to you through this letter. How would that feel? They truly believed this message was from Jesus. John saw the vision and wrote this message. John tuned into and felt the spirit of Jesus, his best friend. The Messiah. Let that settle deeply. Because this message, even though it was written 2,000 or more years ago, more than 2,000 years ago, this is still the message to us today. Talking to our hearts. Commending us for those times we are doing what is in alignment with what we were taught what we know to be so. And now Jesus in the next verse says, but I have this complaint against you. What if God came to you and said, like you felt it in you, I have this complaint against you. Like for real. Honestly, if I were to be real, there's probably a lot of things that God would have a complaint about me because I know I mess up a lot and I mess up unconsciously, not even realizing it sometimes. Imagine how they felt. Now, this in Ephesus back then, there was a great, one of the world's wonders was there was this um, I'm trying to think of the, what, what it was called. Um, 
temple. It was a temple that they used to celebrate Diana, the, god, the goddess Diana. And, and actually, uh, it was very pagan. So they're very caught up in their lusts back then, even having prostitution in the church. And things that were happening were very unloving back in Ephesus when Paul got there to start the church up that John has written his letter to. And so that's why Jesus is commending them so deeply because even in the midst of all of that will be quote-unquote sin, what they call back then, which is just missing the mark of being loving. They're feeling good about themselves until they hear, I have this against you. Let's go ahead and see, read the rest of it. It says, look how um, you don't love me or others as you did at first. He goes on to say, verse 5, look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicol- Nicolaitans just as I do. Now, that was the, the church that, in the energy that was happening back in Ephesus, that they um, aligned themselves up with God and walked in the consciousness of doing their best to be pure at heart, pure in mind, and pure in behavior, and their beliefs. Goes on to say, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, And some verses say, who will overcome. I will give fruit from the tree, from the tree of life in the paradise of God. So what does he mean? You're not loving me or everyone else the way you used to, the way way you at first, the way you did at first. Do you remember the time when you first came into unity and your eyes opened up and you felt this sense of love? You felt this sense of excitement. This was something new. It felt like you had come home and you wanted to learn more and you wanted to experience more. You wanted to understand more, started taking classes, started really understanding and stepping into these principles, the five unity principles and really living according to those principles. Do you remember how you even had your manifestations of activating and being the principles, seeing the principles happening in your life and literally living them? Do you remember that time when you first started experiencing that? Do you remember how in love, in love with God you were at that moment? The ahas came and you really felt like you were home, like you were loved and embraced by the presence of God. It was something new, a deeper understanding, pulling us into even accountability and responsibility for actions, but knowing that we had God's support as we became accountable and responsible for our own consciousness, our own way of loving, and our own actions. Do you remember that? or wherever you might have been before you came to unity, when you had your glimpses of understanding God deeply and you wanted to share that with other people. Do you remember that? Jesus often referred himself to the bridegroom and the church to the bride. 
It's a marriage that goes on. Being dependent in the presence of God through our example of following Jesus. But the thing that happens when you go, when you start doing church, and we start living, and we start going on, is that you start losing that passion, that first love, that loving feeling that you had at that point slowly starts to drift. And the actions, the outreach, the behavior of the church, all of that matters more. I once heard a minister say that the more he learned, more he stepped into the relationship with Christ, he stopped working for the, the cross and started working from the cross. Do you still have that deep sense of love inside of you every day, always seeking to have that experience with God, always seeking to be that experience of God, even blessing every single thing that you do? That is what they did when they first began because Jesus was there as that example, guiding them through. But we can't do it only when we are guided by Jesus. We have to, or even when you're up here with me, you have to start taking it on yourself and being that expression yourself, stepping into having that loving feeling. And Jesus didn't say in some versions, it says he lost, they lost that first love. But they didn't lose the first love, they left the first love. They left that loving feeling. And Jesus is telling them three things. So in here and in the other letters, he's doing three things. One, he's commending them. Then he's condemning them. But then he's correcting them. And here the way he corrects them, he tells them to remember how you used to be. He tells them to repent, which not the, it doesn't just mean to be sorry and apologize. It means to literally do a 360 and change your behavior by changing your consciousness, going deep down inside and revisiting where you were and coming back to the consciousness of God. It means to rethink first, and then he says to redo, come back to that original. But you don't just stay there. You go deeper into it, deeper into that love, deeper into that expression, that is why last year we did outreach. We did a lot of outreach last week, last year. But I didn't want us to lose the true intention of why we are here. It is not just to do outreach and be an expression of love to others. It is to be the expression of love that you have inside yourself for God and yourself and then be that to others. So Jesus is referring them back to the two greatest commandments. Love God with all your what? Your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all of your mind. And then in the second commandment, he says that is just as important as the first one. Why? The second one says, love your neighbor as yourself. Why is the second one just as important as the first one? Because God is within us. And when you're loving your neighbor that way, you're loving the presence of God that way. You're activated by the presence of God. The Christ in me ignites the Christ in you, acknowledges Christ in you, and treats you that way. Now, they had gotten excited about their behaviors and their belief, and they were going against and calling out people who were false prophets, but there wasn't a love in there that they had before. They had become the Pharisees that Jesus was talking about when Jesus was walking the earth in physical form. 
where are we being Pharisees? When we're about our business in church, is there really a prayer in your behavior? Our thoughts are prayers, and we are always praying. Are your prayers, are your thoughts, I'm doing this to the glory of God? When you do, you can't help but smile. You can't help but express love. You can't help but be joyful. Even when stuff is going on in your life that's not the most pleasant, you still can't help but have this glow where no one will ever know unless you open your mouth and tell them. And that's what Jesus is saying. And this beautiful thing is because now he has also a promise to us that if you do follow and overcome or become victory, uh, victorious. And overcoming means to come over from where you were more deeply into the presence of the Spirit in you. Come over your human behavior, making that action more important than the one who created you to be the action in the first place. Coming over from trying to look good, feel good, and be good in front of others and be that presence of God first and then express from that place. Come out of trying to make our goals and do this for the sake of making the goal instead of the sake of blessing God through your actions and your behavior. Come over the consciousness of putting someone or some relationship or other things ahead of God and make God your number one relationship that when you become a, a bigger expression of light, everyone else is blessed by that in your relationship with them. Even above your spouse, you are to put God. Even above your spouse. You are joined together in the presence of God. Come over knowing what this is and understanding that and understanding it from a deeper level and being able to espouse it and tell it to every scripture and not be the spirit of the scripture, to be the spirit. Come over it and be the spirit of it. That's what we're here to do. This is some deep business to me. And you guys already activated things when you got these values together, when you went ahead and revamped everything, set your vision and your mission statement, and you came out with these, let's, let's, say, these, let's say these values, like for real, for real. What's it? Diverse. We are welcoming. We are loving. We are spirit-filled, and we are empowering. But are you that when you leave this church? And are you that because you have a relationship with God on a deeper level than you did when you first got there? We're not supposed to go back and just be complacent there. We're supposed to go back and make it deeper. And when you do, your world becomes so much more joyful. You've tuned into partaking of the tree of life, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When we make the objective of what we're trying to do, the destination more important than the journey, we are partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because we're trying to stay in alignment with what is right and set in our actions instead of being the alignment of what is right in your love. So I invite you to gently close your eyes. Take a deep breath.
And imagine yourself at the altar and this beautiful being of light is on the other side of you. And this being of light is igniting your heart right now. And opening you up to a deeper understanding of who you are as a child of God. An individualized expression of God. An individualized expression of love. Let that ignite your heart deeply more deeply than you've ever felt it before. And let your heart open up to touch every other heart in this room. All the way up into the balcony. And then the balcony all the way down to the main floor. All the way to me. Imagine what the world would be like if we were living from an experience of a higher love affair with God. And that every word you say, everything you read, everything you do, even when you eat, is to the glory of God. When you clean up your house, to the glory of God. When you go to brush your teeth, to the glory of God. When you go wake up in the morning, what am I going to wear, God? And you wear it lit up with the presence of love. And I want you to just silently put your hand over your heart and silently in your own words affirm and and acknowledge and claim and, and pledge that you are coming back to God. And feel it deeply, resonating so deeply inside of you. And you feel the love of everybody in this room returning back to that first love, that expression of God. I want you to to softly affirm, I am an individualized expression of love. Together, I am an individualized expression of love. I love you, God. Together, I love you, God. Teach me how to love you more deeply. Teach me how to love you more deeply. That I may love myself more deeply. That I may love myself more deeply and be an expression of love to others more deeply. Open up the tree of life to me right now. And see your heart igniting with the spirit of life. I am your life, God. I surrender my heart and my life to you. Use me as an expression and an instrument of love. And purify any part of me that is out of alignment with love. And I want you to affirm, I am purified through the power of pure love. Together, I am purified through the power of pure love. Just let it resonate deeply in you. I love you, God. You can say it. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. 
thank you, God. And so it is. And we let it be. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank you. and you got us into it. Amen? Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Let us uh, gently close your eyes and bring to mind what you feel led to give for a love offering for today. (sighs) Breathing into a sense of prosperity and abundance. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give and all that I receive. 
Thank you, God. Amen. Now, I want you to know, too, um, that you can go ahead. I just want to affirm to those of you who are new, you can make your donations online. Go to unityfh.com. You can do it through credit card, PayPal, or uh, debit card. You can also send in your um, love offerings through the, a check. I want to also make sure you specify when you're doing your donations where you want it to go. So if you're in classes or something like that, make sure you specify that because it won't come for the classes or Bible study or meditation unless you specify part of it going that way too. So you just need, I wanted to say that too. And Dennis, I'm going to do it. You can send your checks to Unity of Farmington Hills, 32500 West, 13 Mile Road, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48334. <laughs> Let's stand up and do our prayer for protection. <laughs> I like doing that with him. <laughs> As we do this, do this with that heart of love within you like you know what you're saying is the truth. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.